At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, presented by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you today. After Charlotte's 143 to 146 overtime loss in Houston last night, yes, it is sadly a silver linings edition of the HHC today. We'll break this one down, provide you with our silver lining performances because there were certainly a few of them, and we'll also recap a weekend of swarm basketball as Greensboro was also on the road in the Lone Star State as well as, of course, the Hornets. I'm joined today by the radio voice of the Hornets, Sam Farber. And Sam, one of these days, we'll get used to you in this little role reversal we have going on today. I'm starting to become accustomed to it. I have to do less prep work. You do more work. And I'm just kicking back and get to be your guest for a change. So I like it. Tomorrow, though, we'll reverse the roles. How about that? That works for me. So we'll let you kick back a little bit more here as we recap this one. The Hornets got off to a slow start on the second night of a back-to-back, trailing by as many as 17 points in the first quarter. The Hornets ripped off a 10-2 run toward the end of the quarter to trail by 13 points after 12 minutes of play. Second quarter was better from an offensive standpoint for the Hornets as they put up a season-high 41 points in the second stanza thanks to some sharp shooting by Terry Rozier to give the Hornets a short-lived lead toward the end of the first half. Mellow ball keeping the dribble. Gives to Rozier. He'll fire off a deep three. Got it again. Terry Rozier, 11 in the quarter, and Charlotte takes the lead with six seconds left in the half. Buzz City trailed 73-71 going into the locker room in a high-scoring affair, but Houston came out firing in the second half. The Rockets had an 18-7 run and were shooting 62% from beyond the arc as LaMelo Ball was on the cusp of a triple-double with 15 points, nine rebounds, and 10 assists after three quarters of play. The Hornets had some ground to make up down 110-99 after three. 
The fourth quarter went the way of the Hornets, though, as Charlotte had a 16-2 run early in the final frame to cut the deficit to three. Charlotte used the foul line to get back into it as it was in the bonus with still four and a half minutes to go in regulation. From there, Kelly Oubre hit a big three to tie the game at 131, but it was P.J. Washington, the driving force, to force overtime. It's LaMelo Ball, moves to his left, fires off the quick three, missed the shot, rebound, P.J. Washington goes back up and stuffs it in for the tie! P.J. Washington, biggest rebound of the year, and he stuffs home a game-tying Dr. Pepper dunk to even it up at 135 apiece. With the game tied at 135, like Sam mentioned, the Hornets just didn't have enough gas left in the tank. Charlotte had one last chance on a catch-and-shoot situation with three-tenths of a second left, but it was just not meant to be last night. Here we go, Oubre to inbound. Gives the ball, he lets it fly at the buzzer, it's short, and that's it. Houston hangs on, and they'll win in overtime by a final score of 146 to 143. Hornets drop to 0 and 3 in overtime this season, and Houston takes advantage of a perhaps slightly tired opponent's Sam, I think your final call summed everything up perfectly. The Hornets were at a little bit of a disadvantage last night on the second night of a back-to-back, while Houston was well-rested and feeling good after their win against Chicago on Wednesday. So what are some of your initial general takeaways from this one? Well, I think for one thing, schedule losses are things you look at at the start of the season. You look at the calendar ahead and say, huh, that doesn't seem very advantageous for one team or another. Or things you look back on in hindsight and say, this is one that maybe we were not destined to win. In the moment, you're, of course, trying to do everything you can to win the game. Hornets had opportunities. They made a very interesting season-high 143 points and a high Houston team. Charlotte did everything they could. They threw everything they could at it just in the end. Didn't quite have enough to to win and fall 146-143 in overtime. But I really think this has more to do with what Houston did well than what the Hornets did not. Houston's been a terrible three-point shooting team all season. They shot 46% from beyond the arc. They have been lousy when it's come to turnovers all season, averaging almost 20 per game. With an extra session, they only had 15 in this one. They haven't distributed the ball very well. They've been near the bottom of the NBA in assists. They had 36 in this game. So a lot of the things that the Rockets typically have not done well, they did do well. Add on top of that, Hornets playing on night two of a back-to-back with travel. Houston getting to sit at home and Lion Wade in a sense, you know, all the advantages there. And then within the game, too, there were certain things that didn't help the Hornets. Their top defender, Cody Martin, picking up three early fouls and having to sit the entire second quarter, that didn't really help things all that much. One other thing to put in there, Mason Plumley unavailable. Christian Wood had a spectacular game, career-high 33 points to go with 16 rebounds for Houston. I firmly believe if Mason Plumley's healthy and ready to go, Christian Wood doesn't have that kind of performance, certainly not in the paint where he did the bulk of his work. You know, when it's all said and done, it's one game. I understand Houston now 3-16 and with the worst record in the NBA. A lot of fans could look at this one and say, well, this is problematic. I think the circumstances with the schedule being what it was, the fact that Houston is a team of professional basketball players who had a fantastic night shot way above their weight class. They played well enough to win. Hornets did too, but at the end of the night, you got to tip your cap when a team that has struggled as much as Houston has finds a way to shoot 46% from three and knock down 23 more than the Hornets have allowed to any opponent so far this season. James Borrego addressed the second night of a back-to-back in a roundabout way after last night's game. Here's what he had to say about the slow start for the Hornets. Yeah, I think the start could have been much better. 
mentally. You know, we were not locked in. We were not the aggressive team. They were the much more aggressive team. They've been sitting here for a couple of days. We needed to come out with a more aggressive mindset. So, you know, give them credit for that. We got to be much better on these back-to-backs, especially. Sam, the start was the biggest thing for me last night. It's one thing to trail after one quarter, but being down 17 at one point and trailing by 13 after 12 minutes of play is another thing. And maybe I wouldn't have minded it as much if the Hornets weren't scoring the ball, but they put up 30 points in the first quarter. I'll give them credit for putting up 41 points in the second quarter, obviously, but giving up 43 points in the first 12 minutes of the game, regardless of who you are playing, is just way too much. Because now at that point, not only are you on tired legs on the second night, of a back-to-back, but now you're trying to play catch-up for the rest of the game as well, and that's another thing, too, that I think James Borrego just mentioned there as well, is that the Rockets didn't feel them defensively, so the other layer of that is a confidence aspect where, you know, you're getting open looks early, and it just gives you confidence that anything is going to go in on that night, and it pretty much did for the Rockets. Yeah, and and again, I I think at some point you just got to tip your cap and say, look, Houston shot extremely well. It wasn't like one guy went nuts in that first quarter. Garrison Matthews you know, knocked down a couple of threes. He had a season high last night in the win. But, you know, outside of Christian Wood just being a dominant force in that first quarter, nine points and nine rebounds, he almost had a double-double in the first ten minutes on the floor. Outside of him, uh, I think this really comes down to Houston just shot the ball brilliantly. And, yeah, some of those looks are, are maybe more open than they ordinarily would have been if the Hornets are – you know, covering things up in more of the fashion we've become accustomed to seeing. But these are really good, experienced NBA players that Houston has and guys like Wood and Gordon. And then some of the young guys are extremely talented. So I'm not shocked that Houston had a night like this. It's unfortunate, the timing against the Hornets. But, you know, they, again, they had multiple days rest waiting for the Hornets. They're playing well. They just beat Chicago, who just like the Hornets, is above 500 and looking good in the season. And winning on the road is tough in the NBA. At the end of the year, if the if the Hornets miss a spot by one game, this is not going to be the first one that I look back on and say, well, that's the one where the Hornets slipped up and lost it. I'll, I'll more quickly turn to, say, the loss to Cleveland on night two of a back-to-back where at least the Hornets were at home or the loss at Sacramento, where at least Charlotte had a little bit of rest between one game to the other. This will not be the first one I point to and say, well, that's where the Hornets' season went awry. Miles Bridges also tipped his cap to the great scoring effort from the Rockets last night and said, well, hey, they just hit shots. They just made shots. There's nothing else I can really say. They just just made shots. And Tommy Toms, they're hot guys. They're shooters. They, They hit their threes. Some guys that don't even shoot threes was hitting threes, so... I mean, they just hit shots. Sam, I think that's another layer to this, too, as well as, you know, there's that confidence factor that Houston's able to put up 40-some points. And not only that, but it seemed like every time that the Hornets made a run, at least in the second and third quarters, not so much in the fourth quarter because they were able to tie the game, but it seemed like in those middle frames that if – there was a big right hook coming from Charlotte. They make a run. Then coming down the other way, Houston hit a big three to kind of stymie them a little bit. That's the way that I kind of felt like, and I think it just goes back to that confidence factor as well that the Rockets were able to kind of play with anybody on any given night, especially tonight against the Hornets. Well, these guys are in the NBA for a reason. I mean, I know that they're having a tough year. I think some of it is their schedule. They've had a lot of road games to open up the season. 11 of their first 18 games have been on the road. Now they're in a home stretch. I would not be shocked if they're out of the basement at the very least in the Western Conference come two weeks from now once they've wrapped up this home-heavy portion of their schedule. Similarly for the Hornets, this, this is a difficult part, and last night was proof positive of why. Charlotte played well offensively. They shot 40% 
from three. They shot 90% from the line. They had 30 assists in the game. A lot of the metrics you would look at to determine whether or not the Hornets were going to win or lose a game were in the Hornets' favor. And at the end of the night, Houston shot out of their minds from beyond the arc, better than they have all season long. It's bad luck for the Hornets, but this is not a, a sign that Charlotte isn't as good as they have performed or as we think that they can be. It's a sign that in a professional basketball game, if one team is shooting 60% from three at the end of a half or deep into the third quarter, they're probably going to win that game. And that ended up being true for Houston, albeit it took them overtime to get there. So credit the Hornets for pushing them as far as they could. Hornets fall on the road 146 to 143 in overtime and also fall to 13 and 9 now on a regular season. Back in action Monday in the Windy City to take on the Chicago Bulls, 8 o'clock tip time here on the Hornets Radio Network. We'll get you set for that one. Sam Farber and myself, in fact, will get you set for that one on tomorrow's edition of the HHC. But still plenty to talk about about this one. Some great silver lining performances, including another triple double from a certain you know who. We will get to that here in just a few moments here on the Hornets Hivecast. Brought to you by Santa. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo and Sam Farber with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta following Charlotte's 146-143 overtime loss last night in Houston. Hornets on the second night of a back-to-back back just not able to get the job done but again plenty of great performances in this one all five scorers in double figures for this one and Kelly Oubre coming off the bench as well with 23 points another strong performance by Tsunami Poppy once again he was able to accomplish just a great scoring effort from the bench Sam since you are the guest of honor today I will allow you to go first with your silver lining well, there's a lot to choose from, but I'm going to go with the leading scorer from the Hornets, Terry Rozier. A low ball, holds the dribble, feeds Terry Rozier. He'll fire up a deep three, nothing but net. Terry Rozier, yet another Lowe's drilling three-point shot. And he has now passed Devontae Graham and is all alone in sixth in Hornets history. So a little bit of history there. He passes Devontae Graham on the most threes totem pole for the Hornets. He came in with 430 career makes. Graham had 431 in a Hornets uniform. Rogier now up to 436. Next up on the list is Nicholas Batum. But Rogier's hot right now. This is four straight games with three or more made threes in the contest. In that span, averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of about 26 points per game, right around that mark. He is shooting north of 50% from three in that span. He is really on a tear right now. And again, I'll go back to it. It's a frustrating loss because Charlotte played so well offensively and played against a a team that's really struggled all year. But sometimes the opposition comes through. Did tire legs hurt the Hornets in the first quarter? I don't know. Was it just shot luck that Houston came through? I'm not sure. But I, I think, generally speaking, when you look back at the totality of the last 11 games for the Hornets, they're playing really well. Doesn't mean they're going to win them all. It means they're playing really well. They're in a position where they can win 
each and every one of the games, and that continues as they head to Chicago next. Terry finishes last night at 6 of 16 from beyond the arc, but he was at, like, I think about 6 of 11 or 6 for 12, really, before the midway point of the fourth quarter. A lot of those misses came late when the Hornets were trying to make that last second push, those desperation threes getting thrown up a little bit. So, you know, good to see Terry finally rounding in the form. You know, there were a couple of stretches there not that long ago where he was scoring single digits, maybe 11, 12, 13 points a game, but night in and night out, the last couple of games for the last week or so, he has just been the scary Terry that we saw last year as well. For my silver lining, it's kind of a no-brainer a little bit. I got to go with LaMelo Ball. Ball racing to the rim, goes up and throws it down with two hands. LaMelo Ball slams home a powerful Dr. Pepper dunk to make this a six-point game. 15 points, 10 assists for LaMelo Ball. Mello finishes with 19 points, 13 assists, and 11 rebounds. Yes, that is another triple-double. Again, in case you missed it, there were some stack corrections last week where LaMelo got one of his triple doubles taken away. They claimed that he did not have possession on a rebound. Again, I don't remember which one it exactly was. This was in the game on the road in Atlanta, so he was pegged down to a double-double. So this is now his second triple-double this season, his third overall, of course, in his young career. But Sam, I am just starting to run out of adjectives, ways to describe LaMelo. It's almost to the point where we are expecting this every night from a guy that turned 20 just a few months ago he is exceptional and he's just so good at taking whatever the defense gives him if that's his shot he's confident as he should be he's amongst the league leaders when it comes to made threes so he's confident to take the shot when it's there he has driving lanes he has no problem going to the basket scoring in traffic scoring against contact Uh, he's a big long powerful guard who's able to overpower a lot of smaller players and if he gets to the rim He's got all the kind of creative angles. He had one last night where he kind of did, you know, the Jordan move where he's hanging in the air with the right hand, shifts the ball to his left hand, lays it in on an and one play. He is just playing terrific basketball right now. Another triple double. I think that's five double doubles or better in his last six games. The Hornets are playing really, really well right now. And it's because this young phenom is at the top of his game and to a degree that it doesn't matter if the opposition takes away passing lanes or prevents him from getting to the glass or is focused in on him scoring. Whatever they take away, they open up something else, and LaMelo Ball is able to find it. Sam, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here as well. I think we've talked about this in the past a little bit, but you coming from the Los Angeles region, you followed LaMelo Ball during his time at Chino Hills High School before he you know, moved on to different high schools, different countries to play, but you know, there was always a special aurora about him. I'll describe it as an aurora about the way that LaMelo Ball just had a talent and a knack for the game of basketball, but did you ever think that it would get to this point this quickly at this age? Well, you can never count on it. I mean, I, I know he had a lot of buzz around him early in his, his high school career. I, I remember vividly seeing him as a freshman in high school, and he was exceptional with his ball handling, with his creativity, his confidence, his shot making, and people were giving all these rave reviews, and I was like, well, you know, yes, if he grows. Because at the time, he was five foot eight or something. I mean, he was, he was a 14-year-old kid. But, you know, as he has grown and continued to develop his skills, there's become less and less doubt about what he is capable of. And he, he can be a transformational player, I think, in the mold of Steph Curry, who has changed the way this game is played in terms of what is an acceptable three-point range and what is a quality shot, where it comes in the clock. You know, he changed the game with what he's able to do, and no one's done it as well as him. Similarly, LaMelo Ball could transform this game in terms of when is it appropriate to run a fast break? What passing lanes 
are actually open? What do you dare throw? Is a full-court touchdown pass always a good pass? For most teams, most players, it's not. For LaMelo Ball, it's pretty close to always the right idea. He is just exceptional out. But to say that anyone, when you see them at 14 years old, could be that player, you just don't know. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan famously didn't make his varsity team when he was 14 years old. Uh, you know, LeBron James, I'm sure, had a bad game every now and again when he was 13, 14 years old. It, it is a credit to LaMelo and his team and his family that he has put in the work to reach here. As great as these players are talent-wise, they were clearly blessed that gold dust was sprinkled upon them, as Mitch Kupchak likes to say. But even then, they have to do the work to reach the heights they're at. And LaMelo Ball has most definitely done that. LaMelo Ball with another triple-double. I can say that because it's his second one of the season officially. I don't think they'll take away another rebound or at least two rebounds to dip him to a double-double status once again. But 19 points, 11 boards, and 13 dimes for LaMelo in last night's 146-143 to loss. Still one more segment to go here on the Hornets Hivecast. Like I mentioned, Charlotte was not the only team that plays professional basketball more or less here in the state of North Carolina that were in Texas over the weekend. The Greensboro Swarm were taking on the Texas Legends, and we have some news for them. We'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Rob Longo and Sam Farber with you here putting a button on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta and Sam. Some news down on the farm as I like to call it with the Greensboro Swarm. Still uh, several players on assignment. Of course the two-way players for the Charlotte Hornets are still in Greensboro. They took the trip to Frisco, Texas to take on the Texas Legends this weekend and game one was a win for the Swarm. 115-110. to That's the first one of the season for Greensboro and the first head coaching victory for Jordan Camp as well, so a big congratulations going out to Jordan Serenkamp. Last night's game did not favor the Swarm. However, though, it was a 104-98 to loss against the Texas Legends, but there were still some really bright performances. I will allow you to dish out, you know, who impressed you over the past two nights for the Greensboro Swarm that is affiliated with the Hornets. Ooh, it's a tough call. I really like the the numbers that JT Thor has been putting up. He's been consistent. Also uh, like some of the numbers that we're seeing out of guys off the bench like Arnold Skuboka, Scotty Lewis, each of them in the last week uh, have had uh, at least one strong performance. But in terms of consistently putting up double-doubles, can't look past Vernon Carey. In the win, he scored 27 points to go with 14 rebounds. That's the kind of numbers that you want to see from a center who should have size and experience advantages over the opposition, as Vernon Carey should have these types of situations. And then even in the loss, he did not fare well in the plus-minus column, but 20 points and 11 rebounds, hard to ignore. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of player Vernon Carey ends up being. He does have some stretchability. I like his mid-range shot a lot. I like his three-point shot, quite frankly. He's shown an ability to knock it down. But the center position, you know, as we see what Mason Plumlee's been able to give to the Hornets and what Nick Richards, quite frankly, have been able to give to the Hornets, a lot of it's that work on the, the low blocks. And I think Vernon Carey is probably the most talented center scoring-wise the team has 
uh, in the system this stage of the game in terms of being able to shoot, shoot from distance as well as do some of the work in there on the post. But they, these are two back-to-back really solid performances. So hopefully they will spark burn and carry further along on his path from Greensboro back up to the big club and put him in a position to help contribute, win, and wherever he's called upon. I would have to completely agree with you on the Vern and Carey front. I'm interested to see what it exactly is for Vern to take that jump. He has put up great numbers in the G League. The last two seasons he's been in there was a force average the double-double, I want to say, in the G League bubble through 15 games last season when all of those teams were in Orlando for a short period of time. But he continues to dominate in the G League this season as well. We saw what he was capable of it last season, the game against Brooklyn on the road. I think he ended up with, what, like 17 points or something like that. It had a really good first quarter, really kept the Hornets in that game in Brooklyn last season, although it did not favor the Hornets eventually, but it was still a great performance from Vernon Carey to even keep the Hornets in it. But at any rate, I like the way the JT Thor has been playing lately. 21 points, plus 14 in the plus minus on Friday. Also had some seven rebounds to go along with it as well. And then last night, 13 points was even in the plus minus, which was not great, but better than some of his other counterparts as well. Four rebounds, a couple assists thrown in there as well, a couple of blocks as he continues to play that power forward position a little bit. And Sam, I don't know if that's the ultimate position that JT ends up playing. Maybe he ends up as a stretch five. He just is kind of one of those guys that he's so young and so raw, he just doesn't really have a position right now. So I'm wondering if he's maybe, I don't want to say he's playing out of position at the moment with a guy like Vernon Carey, who is more of a true center, but but I would be interested to see what JT Thor could do in a stretch five role as he develops and gets a little bit more seasoning on him because, again, he is a very young player. He's very raw and just kind of needs a little bit more development time in the G League before we can see what happens at the big league club. As he adds some weight, too. Keep in mind, he's a very thin guy. He's only 19 years old. He kind of reminds me of Jalen McDaniels as he came into the NBA, and even younger than Jalen was when he came in. You know, Jalen, as he has matured, both in terms of his on-court game as well as his overall physique, he's gotten better and better and more capable of imposing his will on defenders because he has that physical ability and standing up against uh, guys that try and go at him as well. I think JT Thor is going to grow into that. Biggest positive for me from what we saw from JT Thor over the course of the weekend, back-to-back games where he's shooting 50% or better from three. That's fantastic. That, that's spectacular. That's hard to do. Most players, I mean, Terry Rozier, we were waiting for weeks there for him to have his first game of the season with a 50% or better clip from beyond the arc. So Thor, whenever he's getting his opportunities, he's for the most part knocking them down. Certainly better when they come in wins than in losses. And in the win against Texas, he had 21 points and he made three threes on five attempts. Um, But even in the loss, he is having a positive impact out there on the floor. And I think this is, you know, for him, it's more of a development process, I think, as he continues to refine his game. I think with Vernon Carey, it's more of keep him fresh, keep him in rhythm, have him ready so that when the opportunity comes, he is in in his best shape and his best possible position to take advantage of it. JT Thor, I think the likelihood is, unless there is really a a bunch of injuries, and yes, I'm knocking on everything wood here I can find to avoid them, but unless there's a, a really tough set of circumstances, I think the hope is that he's not needed by the Hornets this season and can just develop. Could he play his way into the big club? Of course he can. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he'll have a shot at it. But this is all about development for him and that process, putting him in that pipeline that's turned out Jalen McDaniels and Cody Martin, some really, really good players for the Hornets. If uh, JT Thor can become the next 
the latest and greatest in that line, uh, the Hornets and their fans should be very pleased uh, with the returns from his second-round draft status. Greensboro's next game in action will be Thursday, December 2nd against the Austin Spurs. So Greensboro will stay in the Lone Star State for two games. And then the next time that you can check out the Swarm up in Greensboro is Friday, December 10th. It will technically be a road game for the Swarm as they take on the Mexico City Capitanes as Mexico City is playing kind of a barnstorming schedule this season because of travel restrictions in the Mexico City, of course, due to COVID-19 as the Swarm will be on the road, but at home at the same time in a couple of of games. That'll do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber, voice of the Hornets, thank you as always for joining me here on the HHC today. I had so much fun. Why don't we swap roles tomorrow and do it all over again? That sounds like a plan. We'll get everyone ready for Hornets versus Chicago. Battle of the Ball Brothers, round one for the new season, and the Hornets and Bulls will be on even rest for that one. So just a sneak preview of the preview to come tomorrow right here on the HHC. Should be a good game as well. You can catch it at 8 o'clock on the Hornets Radio Network tomorrow. For Sam Farber, I'm Rob Longo, and thank you, of course, as always, for joining us here on today's edition of the HHC, and we'll see you here once again tomorrow on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.